Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Coffee Break Podcast. These are short podcasts for you to listen to at a coffee break. Developed to give you some quick ideas on how to help you build your desk and business. Now, over to Adrian Mansfield, the Million Pound Biller for today's Coffee Break Podcast. Welcome to the Million Pound Biller Podcast. I'm Adrian Mansfield, and in my 20 plus years in recruitment, I've had a number of million pound years. I've worked in most of the major recruitment markets and in all sales roles within a recruitment agency. I've also run my own company and set up companies both in the UK and in several international locations. Recruitment has given me the opportunity to travel the world and see some of the best and worst places on offer, from Australia to Afghanistan and many more in between. The Million Pound Biller podcast offers those at any level in recruitment tips and ideas from me and my contacts, both inside and outside recruitment, but all from the coalface. Information and ideas that can be taken back to your day-to-day careers and put you on the path to a million pound year. The cornerstone of my success over the years has been my willingness to learn and develop my skills, something I still do every day. Now I'm offering you some of my ideas and thoughts that will allow you to squeeze the most out of your recruitment career, no matter what level you're at and where you're aiming for. Every journey, even one to a million pounds, starts with a single step. So let's take that first step together. So we're heading quickly into the holiday season now. Welcome back to another Million Pound Biller Coffee Break podcast. And given we're in the season of festivities and looking back over the year, I'm going to go with the trend and make the next few podcasts a kind of review of the year or a look back on the year, if you will. Over the next three weeks, I'll be giving you some of my top lists for the year. I will look back over the podcasts and interviews I've conducted over the year, putting out some of my top tips to create a top 10 list of things to think about. I'll also look back on the podcasts and books I've listened to and read this year, and I'll bring you my top five books and podcasts. Some of those podcasts will be series, and some will be ongoing podcasts that generate content week in, week out. But there will be podcasts and books that I've learned from over the year. There will be books or podcasts that I continue to go back to and listen to again and again. But onto the first of those lists for our end of year specials, the top 10 tips. And first this week, 10 down to six. Number 10. Build a strong support network. From my interview with Mike Pagan, we discussed the benefits of mental wealth, and he brought up the plan of having a strong support group around you to help with that. Equally, in my recent chat with Mike Ames, we discussed the same idea. I firmly believe that to reach your full potential in any endeavour, you need a strong support group around you. I've given some of my views on who should be part of that group, but at the end of the day, it's your group, and you'll need to be happy with those in it, and be sure that they can cover as many of the support lines you may need. Number nine, celebrate the small wins. We spoke back earlier in the year on a coffee break about the idea of getting and keeping motivation. I spoke about the method I've used in the past, that of setting small goals, delivering on that goal, and then celebrating the win, and then going again. The idea is that you start to build a winning mentality, and that helps to develop your motivation. The example at the time was that winning teams don't start winning overnight. They build up to it. They win small before they win big. By enjoying those small wins and then using them as a stepping stone to your end goals, you too can get that winning feeling and, most importantly, keep it. Number eight, the power of outsourcing and focusing on your strengths. I know this could easily be two, but I've linked them as I feel that they go hand in hand. I spoke recently about the idea of focusing on your strengths and playing to them rather than trying to keep improving your weaknesses. This is something that sports people do very well, and this came from a podcast speaking to a top rugby player. He put his success down to the fact that he had focused on his strengths and had not tried to be something he wasn't. The outsourcing link is linked to this as once you've found that strength, you need to look to ways to have people fill in for your weaknesses. 
One of the best and most cost-effective ways of doing that is to work with outsourced solutions. Have the tasks that are your weaknesses done by others. The key is handing over the work with a strong brief and to a trusted solution provider. But if you do that, you can return to focusing on your strengths. The overall benefit is you get to do what you enjoy and who wouldn't want that day to day? Number seven, recruitment is the ultimate lifestyle business. I often hear people saying that they want to find a role that will allow them to get a good work-life balance or a role that will fit their strengths and allow them to look at other businesses on the side while still providing an excellent core income for them and their family. I would contain, as I did in the coffee break earlier this year, that recruitment can be that business. Set it right and with the right processes, you can run a very successful recruitment business with a small number of hours per week. Of course, you need to take on board our tips in number eight of this list and focus on your strengths and outsource the rest. But if you do, and I know a number of people that have done that, then you can quite comfortably run your business on only a few hours a day and leave yourself free to do other things with the rest of your time. This, of course, comes down to what you want from your business and time, but never rule out the recruitment funding your other passions in life. Number six, the return on investment by working for yourself. Way back at the start of the year, we did a range of webinars and discussed the figures of working for yourself versus working for a company. Based on the data we collected then and before the webinars, the average figure was around 30 to 40% of billings were paid out to consultants in pay and commission, from which they would then be taxed at the prevailing rate. It doesn't take much to see that if you're able to build the same or even much less under your own business, you would come out ahead. However, the facts are even more stark. If you're billing just £100,000 per annum, which is a normal starter figure at any agency desk, you'd be looking at a take-home around 30 to 40 k from which you'd be taxed. However, if you did that as your own business, then your income would be £100,000, from which we could assume 30 to £40,000 would be costs and company taxes, etc. But that would still leave you 60 to £70,000 in income. And if you run that figure correctly, the tax paid on that number would be much less than if you're employed. However, if you did run that figure and assumed you'd pay tax on it, you'd still can see, I'm sure, that you'd earn a far more amount of money on a take-home basis. The gaps also get wider and wider the more you build. At 200,000, it means you'll be roughly 70 to 80K if you're employed, but that will be 130 to 150,000 as your own boss. Remember, you're benefiting from a range of company fixed costs, which are the same no matter how much income you bring in. So actually, if you build more for yourself, your profits after costs go up more and more. That's even before you factor in the standing rules of employment and recruitment. Once your target is hit, it tends to go up year on year. So if you have a good year, your following year will need to be higher to earn the same sort of returns. Working for yourself doesn't have that same risk. Try it on your package for this year. Work out how much you have billed and what you've been paid, and you'll see that it'll be around that 30 to 40% mark. Then take that build number and say take 60% of it, assuming a worst case that some of your business needs a wider team backing you. What would you earn then? I'm sure you'll see, as those who were on the webinars did, that working for yourself can be highly rewarding. So there you have it. The first five tips from my top 10 list of the year. Number 10, build a strong support network. Number nine, celebrate the small wins. Number eight, the power of outsourcing and playing to your strengths. Number seven, recruitment is the ultimate lifestyle business. And number six, the return on investment you can get from working for yourself. I hope you like my picks. I remember that there'll be the top five next week, and that'll be followed by my top five books and podcast suggestions from 2021. I hope that you have a great festive period wherever you are in the world. 
and use this period for rest and relaxation it offers. Reconnect with your family and your wider social groups and also use it to get your mind and plans ready for 2022. I suspect next year will be a busy one for recruitment and most likely a bumpy one too. Every recession I've been through has had rocky periods after the initial recovery and I suspect this one will be no different. However you spend the next few weeks and whatever your goals are for 2022, I look forward to sharing more of my views and more interviews in that next year. And I hope that I can, in some small way, help you on your path towards those goals. And until next time, enjoy the journey.